I think I'm the first foreigner to ring announce in Lumpini, at least on a regular basis. And then the BKFC, obviously, I ring announcing Borkow. That was, that was wild. I knew who that man was. That man is a living legend. And he's walking towards me. And I'm just about to introduce him. And it's like, and I was like, is this happening? This is crazy and he got no he got in the ring. It was it was Mark Abbott, fitness YouTuber, MC, combat sports ring announcer, and one of the voices of the world famous Muay Thai boxing venue, Lumpini Stadium. Mark came to Thailand 17 years ago and is one of the top bilingual MCs and fitness YouTubers in the country. We sit with him today to talk about his journey to becoming the voice of Lumpini, learning and speaking fluent Thai, changing nationality to a Thai citizen, making fitness videos on YouTube, and finding success as a foreigner in the land of smiles. Introducing Mark Abbott. Over 75% of the people watching this video are not subscribed. Could you please take a moment to subscribe to the Tiger Podcast? It would really help us out. Mark, when did you arrive first in Thailand? 2005-ish. I think, I say, I say ish, sorry, 2005. That's, that's uh, yeah, 2005. And did you arrive as a tourist or? Yeah, so I was in South Korea before that. The plan was to sort of go, go there and to save up some money and then, you know, go back to England and do decide what to do with my life. And I was supposed to be in Thailand for like eight days on the way through. I liked it. So I extended my flight. I extended my flight. I extended my flight. Eventually my flight expired and I decided that I was going to give it a go. But um, yeah, none of it was planned. So like now 18 years later, I'm still here. So I guess... Uh, it's the classic Thailand experience. You come yeah, here right. once and you never go back. Yeah, I mean, there are very few people who yeah. come here once, right? Yeah. Like, okay, so Mark, I know there's quite a different sides to you, and there are quite a few things that I want to discuss today, so I'll slowly start. But, um, you know, for for some of the viewers who already know you, or I think one of the the most interesting, shocking fact about you is the way you look but the ability you have with the Thai language. And what oh, I mean okay. is it's, it's just, it's a, it's on a next level. It's like, it's you. you, it's like you were born in Thailand and you went to a Thai school and you've lived here your whole life. I, I, I think to be honest with you, I'm, I'm going to, I think that's a very complimentary of uh, a massive compliment. I think that my, I'm, I, I knew you were going to say that and I hate you for it. No, no. So, so I think a lot of people think that, because Thais will often over-compliment people. And yes. it's because of their lovely nature to do so. They'll often over-compliment people on their ability to speak Thai. Mm -hmm. You walk into anywhere and you just say thank you in Thai. And they're like, oh my yeah. God, that's amazing how well you speak Thai. Yeah. My Thai is very similar to... So I don't sound like someone from England when I'm speaking Thai, if that makes sense. I don't sound like an English native speaker yes. when I'm speaking Thai. Um, you know when you listen to someone speaking Thai, I can Absolutely. like, that's a Chinese person, that's an English person. Yeah. Um, I don't sound like that. I sound much more like a Thai guy who went to study in high school in America. Okay. Maybe university and then came back. Yeah. Where it's every now and again, like, oh, that's that's not quite how I would have yeah. phrased that kind of thing. A little bit like if you speak to someone from Holland. Yeah. Right. And they sound American. And then, oh, wait, wait, what was that? Yeah. A little bit like that. So I think, to, yeah, that's okay. kind of, I think, where, 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 
roughly that level there, which is a bit strange when you look at my face because I'm one of the whitest guys on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's true. But I watched a couple of videos that uh, you've done before and you actually was from your channel as well and you because you i think you did a video about like seven tips to learn thai mm -hmm. one that i actually didn't follow but i know that my life would have been a lot more easier and i think it's the most important is that if you actually have the time to read and write thai mm. that will take you so much further than just starting from zero so for me i was like you know classic experience thai girlfriend listen to some songs you know get it going socialize with friends and it took me years to really mm. get going but you always advise that if you do have time, try to read and write Thai. So how was that experience for you? And why did you get yourself to start there? Yeah, so so uh, on those seven tips, oddly enough, I put that as tip number seven, which I did explain why I put it as yeah. tip number seven, because I, I think I'm, I was, I, I'm quite honest about this. I think that when people speak quite good Thai, mm. they love to look down at people who don't speak any Thai. Mm -hmm. But those of us who speak legitimate fluent Thai, we fully understand why people don't learn Thai. Yeah. It's almost as though like, like that almost, I want to call it like the Dunning-Kruger, like you can kind of like, no, I get it. Like, yes. Um, and when I said, right, if you're going to learn to read and write, the reason I put a tip number seven is if your goal is to, you know, tell the waitress that you don't want your food too spicy or that, you know, I really want it very spicy. Or if you want to just be able to be a little bit polite and understand a few things, you don't need to learn how to read and write it. Mm -hmm. Okay. But if you want to become fluent, it's arguably the most important thing you can do. The reason now I stumbled across that, I didn't know that. My, no one told me that. I just, I accidentally did it the right way. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. But the reason for it was, I remember I was, so I came here, I didn't, I couldn't speak a, a lick of the language when I landed. And the first thing you sort of want to learn how to say is, hello, thank you, how much? And then you realize you can't understand the answer to how much. Yeah. So, <laughs> you think I'm a, it's yeah. a bit stupid, right? I'm asking questions so I, to which I, I haven't. I should have practiced Yeah, I should have learned numbers. how to count first, yeah. right? So then you learn how to count, you learn your... Uh, cardinal numbers, ordinal numbers, and things like that. And each book was a bit annoying because I don't like to, I've never been, I'm an autodidact in most of the things I do. So I don't like to study in classes and that's no, that's nothing against teachers. Yeah. I'm just a horrible student. So yeah. I like to study things by myself. And I don't like to follow the framework that a lot of these books lay out because if you have no emotional attachment or meaning to learning something, you're not going to remember it. So people tend to learn the same thing seven times because they didn't ever learn it correctly the first time. So I was like, I want to learn this. And then this book didn't have it, but this book did. But when I picked up this book, POM, for I as a male speaker, it would be spelled P-H-O-M. But this book was P-O-M. And then this book had an intonation mark that just went up. And then this one had like a, I was like, this is so inefficient. Every time I got a new book, I'm having to learn two languages. Yeah. One is the way they've transliterated it, and the other one is the Thai language itself. And I figured, you know, there's only one way to write POM in Thai, surely, right? So I decided to learn how to read and write it. Had I have known how challenging it was, yeah. I don't think I would have started. I think it was ignorance was a true gift here, because I didn't know. Yeah. I thought it would just be, this is how you spell it, go. It's yeah. like, oh, no, that's not how it works. But, you know, when you start sort of uncracking the code yeah it starts to become really quite a lot of fun and then you start seeing things signposts and i remember being on the uh, sky train and it said ham ping prato right ham don't yeah prato door ping and then you go well, what's that and then underneath it says don't lean against the door mm -hmm. okay lean against must be ping so now i've got a new word 
but if I'd never learned how to read and write it, I wouldn't have had that word. So not only does your pronunciation get better, your vocabulary grows much more quickly if you can learn how to read and write. Yeah. Plus then you can type to people and send messages rather than trying to do that whole mm. typing it in. Yeah. yeah, that doesn't work well Cause, for me. Because it is a real struggle. Because there's a big difference between my Thai and your Thai. Like I said, I learned it socially and I learned it over many years. Mm -hmm. Embarrassingly over many years. So like until I was, I'd already been in the country for about, eight or nine years I went to you know I came here when I was pretty much 10 11 18 19 I go to university after my international school experience in, in school I learned nothing mm -hmm. and then yeah it took me maybe five six years to learn one language in a country that I've been here for you know more than 15 years mm. and then and then yeah at your level you understand the pain that Thai people feel because you're right that most Thai speakers, native speakers will tell you that Thai is a difficult language and they struggled uh, learning Thai even when they were in school. They were like, it was one of the toughest subjects. Uh, you know, I could do mathematics, I could do English even, but, mm. you know, getting the consonants and everything it's, right it's, is... Yeah, it's tough. I remember a, long, a while ago there was a woman I uh, met who was learning, she was from Taiwan and she was learning English and Thai at the same time. And she said Thai was much more difficult. Yeah. Now, people always argue that the, the Thai grammar is a lot easier. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm on the fence on this one here. I really am on the fence <laughs> because when you're first learning it, yes, it's definitely easier. You don't say gone, went, goes. No, just by. That's very, very easy. Yeah. But when you're starting to try to build complexity into a sentence or a phrase with what appears to be on the, on, the, on, the, on the surface, a lack of complexity in the language, you start to go into the territory of suggestive language and misinterpretations and things like that. And I think that's when it starts getting really difficult. Yeah. That's my opinion, I could be wrong. How did you deal with the tone? Because that's where most people struggle, right? Yeah, I, I refused to get it wrong. I, I was stubborn. <laughs> okay. I, I, I was stubborn because to me it was like, so a lot of people, and I said this in that video, seven tips to learn Thai. Yeah. A lot of people, people might say, oh, I'm, but I'm tone deaf. And I've said this, and I'll say it again. You are definitely wrong if you say that. Because if that, I mean, I'm the most musically, I mean, it, like, I, I lip sync happy birthday. Like, I don't even do, ha like, I'm terrible at music. But the reason why it's impossible to be tone deaf is because if that were a real thing, some Thais would have grown up never quite learning how to speak their own language. Yeah. You get a lot of Chinese who never quite mastered their own language. That never happens because the tones are relative. They're not absolute. What actually ends up happening is we say something. They say no. They say it back. We then say the exact same thing, expecting it to somehow be right now. Mm -hmm. And it's not. And then we go, ah, screw it. I'm done. And we quit. And that's just not how. So for me, one of the issues was a lot of people that were learning it from women, the, the girls they were dating or a female teacher. And I remember listening, I was like, I can't do what your voice is doing. Like, I don't have the deepest voice in the world, but I can't do what your voice is doing. So I started speaking to these guys. I was like, can you say these four words for me? And they were either four words all of the same tone, or they were four words that sounded similar, but they were of different tones. And I would ask them to say it a few times for me. And I had like a little dictaphone. And I would go and listen to men's voices of a similar sound to mine. And then I kept on drilling it until I got it. Mm. And that was how I got the tones because I refused to get them wrong. It was just, yeah, I refused to get them. It was, that was stubbornness more than anything. Yeah, hey, well, anything will do. All right, so so you you came here, you decide, you realized how amazing Thailand is. You found ways to stay here as long as you can. 
how did you what did you first start doing in Thailand? Like you know, in, initially people come here for as, as teachers, mm-hmm. or they come here to teach. How did you find your way around Thailand? How did you figure out what you wanted to do in this country? Yeah, I had no idea. So I was te- I started teaching English. I think a lot of people do. Yeah, even I. I was a teacher at one point. Yeah, it's. Um, <laughs> I tell you what, though, it was one of the only times in my life I can ever remember that when I that that I had the least amount of stress in my life, because can when I, you went yeah. home, you were done. Yeah, like you were done. Like now, I'm never done. I'm. I'm. I'm always. There's always something that I've got to. I was just done. It was. It was. It was. It was nice. I mean, I really enjoy teaching as well. I sometimes think to myself like. That was a very enjoyable experience. I never look at it and be like, "Oh, I'm glad I'm out of there." Mm. If you if you really like it, or it's it's it can be a very enjoyable experience. It's rewarding when you have because I used to teach adults. It's rewarding when you have students who are genuinely interested in the language. You can see them progress. Yeah, I don't know what it would be like to someone who's teaching children who are like 11, 12 years old who don't want to learn. That might be a very different experience. And yeah. um, but anyway, so I, I was doing that, and I decided uh, to go to university over here mm-hmm. because let's be honest. A lot of people teaching English over here, you know. Yes. So I thought to myself, look, if I'm gonna make, if I'm gonna stay here, yeah. I'm gonna have a university degree. So I went to university, and initially I was gonna go to Mahidon. I wanted to go to Mahidon, but oh, I was putting myself through the university, and that was outrageously expensive at the time for me. So I went to Siam University, which was just around the corner from where I was. During that time there, I was just enjoying life, having fun. And realize that, you know, Thailand, you, it's not a case of it's who you know, not what you know, it's both. Right? I think that people do get that, they get that wrong. They think it's just, it's just who you know. It's not. You need to know something as well. Knowing someone but having no skills is useless. But I, I, so I moved into the city center to start to network and understand, you know, the ins and outs of what's going on. And, uh, yeah, eventually I got a job. Um, with uh, in the office of who is now the chairman of the CP group. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Straight off the bat. Yeah. Luck. Oh yeah. Seems to be a lot of luck around you. There's a lot of luck. Yeah. There's a lot. But I think that I think luck falls in the lap of someone who's got a very positive outlook. You're well said. You know, yes. when you when you when you meet someone who's 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 willing to really work hard and they're they're really amped about what's going on, mm-hmm. you you you're more likely to give them the chance than someone who's all grumpy and thinks the world owes them something and has a chip on their shoulder and doesn't yeah. and instead of you know looking at their own capacity to learn they decide to outsource or blame you know anyway that they got into that and yeah. uh yep still still doing that to this day okay and then around about 2010 i uh, started doing a youtube channel for fitness and health yes we're going to get into that in a bit now, now bef- before i get to that what did you find easy and what did you find difficult in your journey as a foreigner in Thailand? So what would you say came easy to you? Let's start with that. So I think that when you meet, when you come to Thailand as a foreigner, in a lot of circumstances, you're coming by yourself. Yes. Right. Some people come with a friend of theirs, but you know, a lot of people come by themselves. I have no problem meeting new people. It's something I, I, I enjoy doing. So that was never a struggle for me. I enjoy learning the language and conversing with Thais. So getting to meet and understand the Thai culture, the Thai way of life was also very, very enjoyable and a very smooth process because the Thais are so welcoming, right? They just like, 
They they're always so willing to talk to you about which food this comes from the south of Thailand, which has got a strange name because of the influence, you know. And then you would have those conversations, and you could just learn so much. I found that very very smooth. I found the one of the most uh, challenging aspects was the other foreigners uh, where I was. There were about two or three that. Yeah. To this day, I just I wonder how they went through life being so negative. Yeah, I thought and it was just me. <laughs> but Th there are I, it's there are. there are quite a lot. So, but I don't want to bash. You know, there are a lot that are positive, but you'll see them. And, and nowadays, those guys there are the ones typing uh, hateful comments online because they are complete losers in life, and that's all they've got is this sense of somehow they can try to make someone else feel bad for just a second, and they don't realize I don't give a shit about their stupid little comments on on mm -hmm. on social media. But they were like, uh, they would say things like, white people can't learn to speak Thai. And even if you do, the Thais won't like it. Specifically white people, because they'd seen that the Chinese could learn it. So they decided that it was obviously there was this inability for white people to do it. One of the reasons why a lot of the Chinese would learn the language faster than the Thai, than the, um, the European or the Americans was, in my opinion, from what I saw firsthand when I went to university, the Thais would speak much more Thai, thai to them. Yes. So if I walked into a 7-Eleven, and I horribly asked the price of something, Toroi Krub, the, 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 she'd look at me like, oh, that's, a, that's a cute attempt. Mm -hmm. And then she'd answer me in English, 65 baht. Yeah. But if she sees a Thai or he sees a, a Chinese person asking, Toroi Krub, they don't, they don't revert to English. Mm -hmm. And that's how they reply. So they were exposed to language much more than we were. And I think that's one of the reasons why they would learn it so fast, because of the exposure. But these, uh, but these guys, they told me you couldn't learn it. And even if you did, they, the ties wouldn't like it. And I thought to myself, that's a stupid thing to say, isn't it? Because first of all, I, I'd rather fail trying than to blindly just not, just to, just to say, ah, it wasn't worth my while. But the second thing is, if they don't like it, I won't speak it. You know, you, I mean, can you imagine how stupid they, you just, I'll learn it. And then if they like, ah, oh, we don't like white guys who speak Thai, that's fine. I just won't speak it. And I'll understand what you guys are saying about me. Turns out it was the polar opposite. They absolutely loved it. Yeah. The only women who didn't like it were the women of the night who didn't like the idea that you might know a bit too much or you might, maybe they've had some bad experiences with the guys who could speak. I have no idea, but th that was not really my target demographic for, for learning the language, right? So Shocking. I know, right? Oh my God, I didn't want to do that. Yeah, so, so I learned to speak the language and the Thais, as I said, they, they loved it. They loved the fact that you had, as a foreigner, had given so much care and attention and, and seen the value in the people, the culture, and the language here. Mm -hmm. And, and, it opened more doors for me than anything else I've ever done in my entire life. Okay. And the amount of people have said to me, oh, you're only where you are because you speak Thai, I just, start, I just turn around to them and say, well, then go and f learn Thai. <laughs> if that's all it took. Yeah. Yeah, give it a try. Go for it. I mean, Let's okay. talk in a week. I, don't, I mean, don't get me wrong. It was, it was, a, it was a huge factor, but like if, it was, if it was a simple process, why didn't you go and do it? So, but anyway, <laughs> but so I would say that the, 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 a lot of the... Um, difficulties were much more to do with the foreigners. And then when they saw you actually progressing, then they would have that sort of issue. But that was much more towards the outskirts of Bangkok. When I moved into Bangkok, the, the foreigners over here were fantastic. Yes. So yes. Um, I think it was maybe just a bad luck of the draw for where I was at the time. Yeah. Right. Do, do, you ever, do you ever get Thai people, um, maybe initially when you were learning, because I get this a lot, they'll be like, oh, your accent's so cute. 
and then they compare me to other foreigners. I'm like, excuse me, no, 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 no. I still consider myself a lot better than, you know, and I get it. I was like, I'm not that. I'm a little better at least, right? But do, do you get people be, uh, realizing and being like, oh, wow. You know, they're amazed. Like, oh, you speak such good. Like, you speak such cute Thai. Do you still get that? I, I don't get uh, speaking cute Thai. Uh, when I was first learning it at some point, I think someone said I sounded like a ladyboy. Oh, yeah, and I think that that's because I think when a lot of people are trying to get the tones, it comes very nasally. Okay. And I think, uh, and I mean, you know, all the love and all that to the LGP, but I had to go and correct that. Now, again, I want to come across as the kind of guy I am. Yeah. If I were a trans whatever, I would want to come across as that. I'm not, and I don't want to come across as that, right? Simple yeah, as simple as that. Enough. You want to present yourself in the way that you actually are. So I went back and I very, very quickly fixed that. Okay. Um as far as like how uh, how do they perceive it right now every now and again you'll see someone say like really shocked like oh my god you speak it better than my mate nate for example it's like obviously his yeah. tie is horrible <laughs> it's horrible i mean yeah. for how long he's been here on tv yeah. Yeah. it's it's horrible yeah i mean all the all the credit to him for for um you know what he's done create you know whatever he's done in success he's, he's making a lot of money he's doing fantastically but don't compare my tie to his when people compare my tie to adam bradshaw i'm like that's a compliment because mm. that guy yes. really absolutely nailed it. So when someone comes, I'm like, oh, thank you very much. But uh, yeah, typically, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. You do get different reactions. It's really strange when you go to the north, they don't seem to care. It's very bizarre. Cause, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, when I go down to the south, they're like, oh, they'll call their friends over, listen to this guy speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then when I go up north, I'll, I'll, I'll go up there and then someone will just say, do you speak Thai? And I'll say yes. And they'll be like, oh, that's useful. And then they just talk. <laughs> and you, you're in a, you're in yeah, a long, long. Not impressed. No, not not at all. Not at all. So, um, but that's kind of I like that though because it's kind of it sounds strange. But like being, you get you, you do, it does get a bit like I just want to order something. I just want to have a chat with you. I don't want to have another chat. Yeah. About my speaking Thai. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm 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 done with that. <laughs> you know, I just Where did you learn? I know. How did then I got to do that. I'll, I feel like I should make a little brochure and be like, I'll be back How in five minutes. How long have you right? been here? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> It could be just like a, here you go. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be back in five yeah. minutes. You read that. Yeah. All right. So I decided to start with your language skills because we're now going to transition into how, you know, you've used language to kind of not only embrace the tininess of the country, but you are the voice, in my opinion, of Muay Thai Lumpini. One of the now. One of the, sure, yeah. The others are important too, of course. But it's not about them, Mark. <laughs> so how does it feel? You are representation of Muay Thai, which is the national sport of Thailand. So people look at you and they're like, oh, I can relate to this person. And then you start talking in Thai. And they're like, whoa. Yeah, that's, that's, that's surreal. Yeah, that's... That's surreal for me to this day. Yeah. Um, so back when I was first here and I told you there were some foreigners telling us that you can't learn to be Thai, you can't do business in Thailand. Yeah. I thought to myself, that doesn't sound right. Yeah. Because right? surely somebody's competent is somebody's competent. And uh, you can't get involved in Muay Thai. Well, now I've just You're just a man on a mission, aren't <laughs> just like, just like, yeah, like, yeah. But no, the, the third one, I, the, the first two I was, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prove you guys wrong. But the third one, I had no intention of, of, of proving that one wrong. But I, I eventually did get the trifecta of proving them wrong but yeah that that's to this as i said to this day that's that's so surreal i'm a huge combat sports fan and i have been all my life i've been a massive fan of combat sports my my entire life and 
it all started with BKFC actually. Kind no, actually, I can re, re, go back a bit further with the Full Metal Dojo. Okay. Which was running back in around about 2015, 16, 17, 18. They were doing uh, MMA. Uh, John Nutt runs it. He's yeah, a very charismatic guy. And they wanted someone to introduce the fighters in Thai, and I was hammered. Uh, wasted. Yeah. So I was like, mm, give me the mic. <laughs> and they were like, and, and everyone was like, wow, that's, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> and it was the first time in my entire life I went back and watched what I did when I was drunk so I could copy it when I was sober because I, I don't think I've ever done yeah. that in my yeah. entire life. I haven't had that much confidence in years. Yeah, like, like, I don't think I would have. Yeah, exactly. Like that. So that, that was, I, I did a few, I did some of, the, the, some of their shows there. Then... I also did the MBK fight nights uh, for 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 one season, I think, mm-hmm. and then a lot of shows are quite transient. Not the formal. The, 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 they'll, they'll every now and again sponsors disappear. The, the show shuts down for a while, and they they get revitalized. And then obviously at the beginning of 2020, a lot of things closed down. Um, shows were not happening. Ground zero of it all for the biggest outbreak was actually yes. in. Lumpini Stadium with mm-hmm. my friend Matthew Dean. Okay. And they that that closed down but around about it was around about uh September of 2020 Nick Chapman got in touch with me. He's the CEO of BKFC yep. Thailand and he said he wanted me to do something. He said, "Can you do commentary?" I was like, "I don't do commentary." It's a different skill. Yeah. Like I don't do commentary and he's like, "Oh, well, I appreciate your honesty." And he wanted to throw me a couple bucks and just to be there and see if I could do something. And I just, I was very honest with him. I was up in my house because like, I bought a house up in the north, right? I was up there and I just said to him, I was like, look, bro, I'm, I'm going to be just I'm man to man. I'm too old to just sort of bimble around yeah. seeing where I can potentially fit myself in. I was like, if you can't see clearly where I'm adding value, I'll go and add value somewhere else. And, and, but I massively support what you're doing. I, you know, go for it. Uh, in around in about, I'd say, October, late end of October, beginning of November, phoned me up and he wanted me to ring announce. Mm. I said, that's what I do. So we, yeah, and I ring announced for them. But I also did the press conference. So this is where it goes into Lumpini. So on the, the, show, the first show at BKFC Thailand was the 18th of December, 2020. Okay. So on the 17th of December, 2020, we had the weigh-ins and the press conference. And Piprem, or, or as we say, Prem yeah. uh, from Fairtex phones me up. And I thought he was trying to find the venue because it was at the Royal Cliffs Hotel, Group Hotels, which is a huge grounds of many hotels. And I thought he was trying to find where it was because he had some fighters fighting. And he said, so I was just about to give him directions. And he said, no, no, I'm doing a show at Lumpini, which will be the first show to host MMA. It'll be a mixed card, MMA, Muay Thai, and Muay Extreme. Muay Extreme being Muay Thai, but with MMA gloves. Um, and we'll also have female fighters. So it'll be like the first one to be doing this at Lumpini Stadium starting in January, two shows a month. Uh, one show a month, then going up to two shows a month. Are you interested? I was like, yeah. When I get back to Bangkok, we'll have, because the BKFC was in Paddy. I said, when I get back to Bangkok, we'll have a little chat. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit, I kind of hard, like I'm, I'm kind of hard to negotiate at the beginning, but once I've, we've, that's because I want to clear it all out. I don't want to be like, yeah, let's do it. And then like three weeks later, oh, that's not what I signed up for. So I want to nail it all out. So I'm a bit, there's a lot of back and forth. But once I'm on board, it's smooth running because I'm on board. I'm a full team, uh, team player. So we did that. But uh, as, uh, as soon as March, the end of February turned around, uh, March, they were going from instead of twice, once a month, they went to every week on Channel 7 HD, the biggest channel in the country on a Saturday morning. 
So that was pretty cool. So I was the, I think I'm the first foreigner to ring announce in Lumpini, at least on a regular basis, which is pretty cool mm. to do that. Yeah, yeah. On, channel, on Channel 7 HD every week. So that's, that was a, yeah, so then I do that one there. And then the BKFC, obviously, I ring announcing Bo Kao. That yeah. was, that was wild. Standing in the ring and then, you know, the, the, I was like, let's bring out the main event fighters. It goes, da, 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 da. and then like Bo Kao starts to walk out. I remember just thinking to myself, this is mad. Yeah. This is mad. I came here and I, because I knew who he was, because I used to watch K. I knew who this K1, man yeah, was yeah. when I came here 17 years ago. I knew who that man was. That man is a living legend. Yeah. And he's walking towards me. <laughs> and I'm just about to introduce him. And it's like, and I was like, is this happening? This yeah. is, this is crazy. And he got in the, he got in the ring. It was, it was, yeah, very, very surreal. He's, he's so humble as well. Because I thank, thanks to Nick and BKFC, I, I got a chance to do a quick interview with him nicest guy you'll ever meet super nice guy super he's nice a guy. legend living legend i mean i don't know if he i mean i'm sure he understands how famous he is but you know just he's like an icon but he's yeah. just the most humble nicest person and it was it was so like you know they say don't meet your heroes but i was like except him this guy's a legend except him yeah meet him yeah, I was with him in because I, I did some commentary when I realized I'm not very good at commentary. It was in with Bo Kao in Hong Kong, and I think it was 2018. Okay, and he had just done a weight because he was fighting, he had just done a weight cut. Yeah, so he's trying to eat to refuel, and these people queued up to take photos of him because I mean, he's a global megastar yeah. in, in combat sports. And for two hours, <laughs> he was just doing this, but and until the queue was done whilst trying to refuel for the fight he had coming up. And most fighters will tell you after after weight cut, my mum better not even call me. You yeah. know, like that's how stressed you are out on this thing here. And he's just there taking photos of people. Mm. Unbelievable, unbelievable. And he's going to be fighting Senchai. Yes. In, uh, oh, that's I think been April. announced already, right? Yeah, they've yeah. announced that, yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah I've, I've not broken any protocol. No, no, there. I'm, yeah, I'm excited that, for yeah. that one. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So, okay, let's now dive into your YouTube career. So, you know, you're known as the voice, your voice of Lumpini, your voice of BKFC. But um, I first heard about you and met you. Actually, you did a video with Natty, with Tiger, I think you were eating bugs or something a couple oh, yeah, of yeah. years ago. Uh, but, last year, I think it would have been around about January last year. Yeah, so so that's what I meant, but there's many parts of Mark Abbott because you're also a YouTuber. So yeah. you have your own fitness channel mm -hmm. on YouTube. Is that something you've just always been in? So, so as a YouTuber, why did you decide to do fitness while you were in Thailand, especially? That's a, yeah, it's a, an interesting question. So I've always been into fitness my entire life. I was a competitive, I'm just a competitive person. Yeah. I right? just like, I mean, even on the way here today, I, I told you about the GPS, <laughs> I had to beat the GPS. So I just, yeah. gotta, I, I just, I, I have to beat things. Yeah. Um, which is a horrible personality trait, but at the same time, it kind of, it, it does every now and again, get me to uh, get things done. But I so say my entire life, I was, I was running, running the hundred meters. I was uh, doing the, the long jump. I was playing in rugby and I was, you know, doing lots of uh, combat sports, always into uh, fitness and health. Um, and I started on Facebook, it was around about 2009, 2010. And I was just sort of putting out tips because I realized how little people knew about fitness and health. Mm -hmm. You know, people, people are very zealotry or almost religious when it comes to diets. Like it's my way or you're wrong and you're gonna die. And, and, and a lot of people get 
they, 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 yeah, they get kind of get confused on that. So I was putting out some information. Some people told me to start up a page or do some videos. So I started a page. I started doing videos. Now back in like 2010, I didn't, I didn't think of the word YouTuber because right, society's changed quite a lot in the last yeah. 10 or 15. Like now, like you're a YouTuber, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a thing if you're doing it well, right? Yeah. But back then, it was just like I do. I just make some videos and like, put it on YouTube and then put it online. I can yeah. just like, like, hey, what's up? This is how you know. So that's kind of how it started, and it was just kind of helping people. And yes, yeah, sponsorships rolled in and viewers went up. And I think the initial reason why people were watching it was because prior to that, no one was doing this information for free. But I knew that the trend moving forward was give the information for free, and then sell personalized stuff or you sell products. Yeah. So I actually got a few death threats when I started doing it. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't tell this one too often, but I do tell everyone, yeah, I got a couple of death threats because at the time some people were like, oh, you you know, they, they were kind of annoyed that I was giving out this information for free. But again, it, it, the future is given to people who can see it. Mm -hmm. right? if, you, if you try to look back at the past and try to keep up with the, the way things have always been done, you will eventually find yourself without a source of income. That's just, unfortunately, that's just the way the world works. But they, they were trying to threaten me. Now, when I go on online and on, on TV and things like that, I, I like to bring somewhat of a real personality, but also somewhat polite, especially when I do the fitness and health things, because you don't want to be, you want to come across as very, very approachable because you're talking about people's bodies and things like that, so you want to be very approachable. So I think they thought it would, would work. I, I just sent them my address. Like, I'm here. Okay. They're like, what? It was like, I'm here. Like, ah, oh. and then I said to him, I'm training at this gym here tomorrow. And I saw them like a bunch of little f dogs, tails between their legs when they saw me. It did because, a Khabib, send well, me location. Yeah, because <laughs> the thing is, I think, I don't think they realized that who, that, that they, they were, yeah. I don't, there's not, uh, there's not a lot of uh, self-preservation with me when it comes to things like that. So I have no issue with it. That all faded out. Then they all started their own channels because that's what people do. They try to threaten you when they realize that. That doesn't yeah, that, work. Yeah, that they would have got lit up. Um, they decided to start up their own channel. So mm. there you go. Um, but that got did that, and then uh, but my other channel is yes. a new one. You recently started. Yeah, the that that because the, the the fitness one's in Thai. Yes. Right. Yeah. And the reason why I did that in, in Thai is because I, I, first of all I could speak Thai. That's pretty. That, that's a prerequisite, I guess. Yeah. But a lot of people when they do YouTube or they do content, they really tailor it to the Western market, which is tiny. And let's, I'm gonna be very honest here, and a lot of people might not like to hear this, mm -hmm. don't have a lot of money. Uh, it would be very, very honest. And, and when, when people, because people tend to forget that, they, you know, because you know, foreigners, if you have a look at sort of GDP and countries and things like that, they, they get it wrong. Uh, Thais spend much more money domestically you know, in Thailand than, than foreigners do. They, they, those, it's so tailoring to this small group of foreigners who are always trying to find the best deal. And yeah. that, what are you doing? So I was like, well, I'm going to go for the bigger market, a little bit like CP, mm -hmm. right? S sell to the entire world rather than trying to find this niche. CP makes money. You know, if you ever look at company, anyway, we won't, won't get into that. But that's what I decided to do. Get, get into that, go through this and, and do the bigger thing. But around about earlier this this year we're in 2023 now uh, earlier last year mm -hmm. i wanted to start a new channel that was about thailand yeah because That's i wanted where i referenced one of your videos seven ways to learn thai check it out by the way check it out thank yeah. you very much <laughs> that one i because I, I there's a lot of cool things about thailand and yes. sometimes i just so there's no real objective for that channel i think because i have 
I've got enough on my plate right yeah. now, right? So I'm not like, I'm gonna do like, commit to doing like a video every week. I think I've done nine videos in total and so far, and, and I don't do them very often, but it's when I think something's interesting, I just make it. And that's well said, because it is interesting, because we were talking about it earlier before the podcast, that you know, you ask questions that were, I'm quite well aware of, but I just never questioned it myself. Mm. And 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 even your your YouTube titles and the and the content that you're making, it's like, yeah, I guess I never questioned it or I never thought about that. Yeah, and that's why I find it interesting. Uh, e even though I've been here for 20 years, I'm like, and that that's unique. You're making content that's interesting to someone who's already been here 20 years. So I I feel like it's good content. Thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, the goal was just to sort of, if I find it interesting and no one else finds it interesting, at least I've got a photo or video library of stuff I've done. Yeah. Right. So the last okay. video I did is how cold does it get in Thailand, mm -hmm. where I went on a one, 200 kilometer road trip through the mountains in one day, just did it all in one day with a friend of mine. Mm -hmm. And I talked about the temperatures that you'll often see that I've seen in the last nearly 20 years in both the north in the you know in throughout the winter night times and then yeah. in bangkok how cold is it together yeah, how often will you see that also the the thai word for saying winter summer rainy season uh, you know there are two ways of saying them right mm -hmm. and then i kind of just dropping all that in there and i thought to myself if people don't like that the worst case scenario i've got some footage and i can look back and go oh, that's when i went on that road trip trip with one of my closest friends jim yeah. you know and, I, and i'll have that memory even if people don't like it but then there were other ones that I, it's almost like, I think some people would normally use it a, a, as like a Facebook uh, rant or post. Yeah. And I'm like, now I'm going to make a video out of that. So the video about how chai does not mean yes. Yeah. And you, when you watch that, and a lot of the, there, you'll notice on the comments, loads of Thai national natives are like, yeah. oh yeah, I didn't never notice that. You're yeah. right. Like, I've never noticed that. You're like, exactly. Mm. It means correct. Like, Thais don't say chai to answer the majority of their questions. Yeah. But no one's thought of that. So I thought, well, I'll make a quick video about that and show people rather than going on Facebook. Well, you know what? This is, I was like, no, what? I actually, I'll make a video about it. Make it yeah. a bit more. The thing is, they post on Facebook, they die to time, right? Something from three years ago, it's, it's gone. Mm. Right? I mean, every now and again, you'll see a resurgence of something, but typically it's gone. Whereas YouTube has, you'll, you'll search for something from seven years ago and it'll, yeah. it'll pop up, it'll back, pop up, up back up yeah. again. Yeah. So when you're around, you know, going around in, in Thailand, what do you most recognize that? So is it Mark Abbott, BKFC, you know, Muay Thai Lumpini, the fitness guy? That would be the main three. Yeah, um, the main three, yeah. Yeah, I would, uh, BKFC, very little. Okay. Very little. Uh, the reason for that is because BKFC is, I mean, it has happened, especially yeah. after the Borkow fight. Yeah. Right? Because a lot of Thais did tune in to, to at least watch, watch the prelims on the lead up to that. But very, they, 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 the shows are every three, four months or so. So they're, they're, I believe they're going to increase the frequency of the shows, but they're, they're less frequent. And you watch them on the app, right? So you download the app and some monthly subscriptions. Very, very cheap. It's like 190 baht or something like that. And you get all the back catalogs. It's, it's, it's uh, a bit of a sales pitch here. It's really <laughs> it, is, it is really worthwhile uh, getting the app. No, all good. But, we, lo we, we love BKFC. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I forgot. Sponsors yeah. of BKFC. Yeah, these guys are sponsors <laughs> of BKFC. So uh, thank you for that as well. <laughs> but the, the, so that's not so much. But the, the main one is the fitness still by far, mm -hmm. just because I've been doing that for so much longer. But there's a, been a, quite a big uptick in the people who, see, who recognize me from the Muay Thai world. Yeah specifically men from the age of sort of 30 to 50, 55 and up, mm -hmm. you know, that, that, that yeah. they all, but 
a lot of time they're not sure because, and this is a, this one's funny because, I, and I have no problem with saying this on air. You know, when, when, when a white guy says Asians look the same, it's really racist. But like yeah. a lot of Asians think white guys look the same. And I find that hilarious. I'm like, do cool. They? Yeah, they do. Really do. Because I, the amount of people who said to me, they were like, I wasn't sure because like you all look the same. Okay. Yeah, and no, I just start laughing. I'm like, that, that's that's brilliant. That's brilliant. That's brilliant yeah. that we can just speak. If you think that, that's fine. You know, if you, that, I have no problem with that. So a lot of the time on TV, they don't quite know it's me, especially if they just see my face. Mm -hmm. Because typically I'm not wearing a suit and all that. Yeah. That I, you know, so You're I'm like, like dressed I'm, up. Of I, yeah, I'm a little bit differently dressed. But So only when I start speaking Thai, and they're like, that's very unlikely yeah. to be the, a different guy now. You know, then, it, then they'll recognize it. But the... The fitness would be would recognize me a lot more because you're typically when you're watching Lumpini, I'm not the star of the show at all. I'm just basically hyping up the fights and letting you know what's happening. Mm -hmm. Be there to watch the fighters. Right? That's why I'm one of the only MCs that doesn't introduce himself in Thailand. Like I don't yeah. introduce myself when I open up the show because mm -hmm. it's not about me. Like okay. every other MC, and I'm not have not they doing that's that's the traditional way of doing it. They'd be like Sordi Krap or Mark when he's up Nat Heap and instead of my name's Mark, I'm the I'll be the MC for today or something like that. I don't do that because I don't. I don't want you to focus on me at all. I want you to focus on what's going to happen. But on the fitness stuff, people will focus on you much more. Yes. So that's why so they'll, they'll be much more, they'll be acutely focused on you. And then yeah. therefore they'll remember, they'll remember you much more, if that makes sense. Do you think you have more Thai fans or Western fans? Oh, incomparable. I, most Westerners don't know who I am. Okay. They have no idea who I am. So, you know, when you when you started the show, you're like, you might remember, none of these viewers, I mean, lots of love to all of you, and they won't know who I am. Well, now uh, they and, do. Unless they watch BKFC or Lumpini, yeah. they, they won't know who I am. Because I focused, again, I, I've mostly focused on the, the Thai market just because, and this isn't, and I hope this didn't, that, that didn't come across badly when I said that, you know, why would you focus on the West market? They don't spend as much money, you know, you got the, but just if you think about it in a business perspective, that I'm not devaluing I'm a Westerner. I'm not, yeah. I'm not devaluing Westerners. Yeah. I'm a Westerner who probably spends less money than Thais, right? I'm just saying that if you're going to do business, it probably makes sense to try to broaden your target market as much as you can. Yeah. That's what I uh, typically, that's what I did. Um, but now the new channel is, is, is focusing on the Western market. But a lot of Thais have started watching it as well recently. Some Thais started watching it as well. So that's kind of why... Um, so maybe moving forward with more BKFC, with more of the new channel, some of the expat community, the foreigners may start to get to know yeah. who I am. But right now, it's, I mean, in one, in one month, I won't, I won't, I don't think I'll get recognized once from a Westerner, but I'll get recognized almost daily. It just, no, I'm not, I don't get, you yeah. know, like mobbed, mm -hmm. but like someone will be like, that, in the mall and then then they'll do this they'll kind of show their phone and it'll be like a picture of me doing like something in the gym okay. and I'm like that and they're like oh like, so and just something like that it's very yeah, very yeah, it's yeah. very very minor but that'll happen uh maybe once a day if I'm out and about okay but it never happens with it with a westerner unless it's or a foreigner unless it's like you and then I'm like oh I know you already I don't know you from you know I just I know you right yeah. that kind of it's thing Jay. yeah right <laughs> all right I've got a YouTube title already Mark Abbott hates westerners <laughs> Calls them all cheap. Yeah, I know, right? It's just, yeah, that's that's going to come across really bad. Again, I just want to clarify one more <laughs> no, time no, that no, no. that they, 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 they focusing on that market is just not. Mm. If you're trying to if you're trying to maximize your gains, it's not the not the yeah. best move. So, 
I was just joking, by the way, everyone. Uh, but that <laughs> that YouTube title, I said that because I wanted to ask your feelings about. Um, have you embraced being a YouTuber? Because you know nowadays, it's all about the click through ratio and this. Do you pay attention to all of that stuff, or are you more into this is my content, you should watch me because this is valuable or because you like me? Or is it, you know, what do you think about those thumbnails where people are like, seven ways to get a six pack? Yeah, that's interesting. That's a really good question. Because you are, you are a YouTuber. So you're in a unique position to answer this question because that's something I'm struggling with every day as well. So I I think first of all, Six years, six to eight years ago, if you said I was a YouTuber, it, it just sounded like, go get a real job. You know, like, whereas now it's like, oh, no, yeah. that's actually a legitimate thing. You know, it's almost like if you went back 10 years ago and said, I met my girlfriend online, you're like, oh, uh, nerd. Yeah. Right. But now it's like, OK, cool. You know, just hopefully not on some hookup app where your girlfriend is, just, you know, but, you know, but, you know, yeah. things, times change. Yeah. yeah. I think when it comes to YouTubing, like, so, yeah, it, it, it's now seen less in a negative light than it than it previously was as far as like click-through rate and things like that um one of the problems i've always had with the, tit- with the fitness the title fitness channel is because i've never sold my soul to the devil i've never told people that if you just remove this one food from your diet you're going to get ripped i've never done that yeah i've always been very very direct in fact one of them what i did was um so uh, artificial sweeteners uh, I'm not going to get into the into the details on this one here about the, the you know positive negatives, but a lot of people say they spike your insulin. Okay. Now my uh, my initial thing was like that's obviously not true because not only does the scientific research not say say it doesn't, but also if it did, you would use it for people with diabetes, right? Because instead of just in, injecting insulin, you'd just take that and it would spike in, right? Mm. So, but anyway, so I, I was like, well, okay, but people didn't believe the science because you know, big science, you know. So I was like, okay, that's pretty simple. I'll go to the lab. So I went to the lab. I spoke to a friend of mine, Dr. Lane Norton. I'm not sure if you know BioLane, Dr. Lane Norton. He was on the Joe Rogan podcast once. He's a friend of mine, uh, an expert. And, and we, I spoke to him about the protocol. So what I did is I went there at uh, like 8 in the morning when the lab opened up, took my blood test, took my blood at zero time stamp. Then I took 10 times the amount of artificial sweetener that you'd find in a can of Coke. A lot of times ca- Coke has caffeine in it. So when people get a spike in blood sugars from the caffeine, it's not from, because your caffeine will be released from the liver. It's nothing to do with the artificial sweetener. So I just took the artificial sweetener in like a little vial. 30 minutes later, another test, another 30 minutes later. So we had timestamp 0, 30, 60. And flatline. Sugar was like 86, 84, 85, like just flatline. Insulin was like 5.1. It was just flatline. I was like, there you go. So I, I do those, but but people don't, that's not going to get big views, right? It should, in my opinion, but that's not going to get big views. People like to, a girl pulls on thong up her butt, wiggles her boobs, yeah, some yeah, yeah. dude's wearing some tight jocks and then pretends that he's not pandering to the gay audience, which is nothing yeah. wrong with doing that. But like, are we really trying to give people a, a, an education on fitness or are we just trying to get click-through rates and things like that? So this is where I think that if you don't pay attention to it, you die out. Mm-hmm. But if you if that's all you go for, you end up with empty content, and I think that people who do it too much, they are the ones who end up with anxiety and depression and things like that because they are so obsessed with those numbers. For me, what I try to do is I try to find the middle ground where, you know, people like numbers. Seven tips to learn Thai. If I just called that tips to learn Thai, the views would have been half. Yeah. People like numbers, right? Yeah. So, okay, I'll, I'll 
play play to that a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I was talking to my friend Adam Bradshaw, right? Okay. So he's he's very he's he's famous like for for uh, foreign over here. He's very he used, to, he used to read the news on Channel Three and things like that. And we spoke about the virality of of certain content. And he was went through a stage, which I think he's come out of now, which where he was utterly obsessed with, oh, this one went viral. This one went viral. And he's trying to work out what it was. Now, sometimes the algorithms will just make it random yeah. because that random effect causes the addictiveness. And then you start making content for that platform more and more and more. Um, TikTok's the worst for that. Mm-hmm. It's just complete bullshit on those numbers. But we won't get into that. Um, so what I said to him, I said to him, okay, so let's just say normally you get 10,000 views. Right? And then you put out another video that you get, 100,000 views. Uh, his numbers are much bigger than that. It's just 100,000 anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, either way, let's just for ease of numbers. You normally get 10,000, now you get 100,000. I said, that extra 90,000, who are they? Who are they? And why do you care? And I think this is something people don't think about enough. They, they get obsessed with the likes. But who the fuck are they and why the fuck do you care? And I excuse my language there, but that's something that you really need to think of because it leads people into massive cases of depression and anxiety because they get obsessed with that. And I said to him, look, if you if you are if your target market, with which I'm assuming his is, I, I might be wrong here, is women between the age of uh, 30 and 50. And the reason I'm going to say I'm assuming is that because those are the people who are paying for the kids' classes, right? They're the yeah. ones. If that's your target market, and then all of a sudden you do this one video that goes viral for teenage boys between the age of 16 and 24 don't care don't care it's like your ego likes it but financially you're getting nothing from that it's one viral video there's no continuity there's no sense of progression there's no revenue generated from that unless you've got your adsense on on youtube there's no revenue generated from that so why do you why do people care that much about it so for me i'm not worried about something going viral because i know that that's unsustainable it doesn't really pull any any meaningful amounts of money in typically mm-hmm. there are exceptions to the rule so i don't get obsessed with it as a as a as a content creator for me i'm much more interested in providing something of value to people who are watching my content that they can walk away having learned something and also been entertained at the same time and if you don't fall within that market that that, that target group that's fine my content's not for you you know, you go and you go and watch something else. My content's yeah. not for you. If you're a foreigner that's either been to Thailand or you are in Thailand, and you would like to learn more about the language, whilst also seeing cool things that are out to do and some cultural nuances and things like that, my channel's going to be for you. If you're looking at getting some girl jumping around, bouncing her boobs everywhere else, my content's not for you. And that's and I'm 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 totally comfortable with that. So yeah, I don't get obsessed with those numbers. Because mm-hmm. again, just to go off of the anxiety thing as well, some, a lot of the time, what happens with the virality is. It's, it's a little bit like, do you, uh, without trying to go too again, uh, without trying to go too sideline here, the way the dope the the way the dopamine works with your nucleus accumbens and uh, cognitive salience is it's, a lot of the time your brain is trying to figure out patterns. Humans we love to figure out patterns, and when there's uncertainty, you can't or randomness. It, it's it's it feasts off it. That's why gambling is so addictive. Yeah. Now these these algorithms know that. So sometimes what they might do is just make one video go viral for no reason. Because they know once they've done that, you're going to come back. And you're going to keep on putting out content until you get that same number again. And they know that. Mm. And then when you start putting out content less often, they make one go viral. Bam! goes viral again. And now you're back. They've got you constantly on that hook. Mm. And that's something that I will... I've seen it happen to people. And unfortunately, it didn't happen to me, not because... 
not because I'm super intelligent, but because my content was never that viral. <laughs> I, I never made anything good enough to get that viral in the first place. So uh, it never happened to me, but I saw it happen to other people and that's where mm. I, I, I figured out what was going on yeah. through this, yeah. Can I can I tell you the most viral video on the Tiger Channel? What's that? It's got eight or twelve million views, nice. and it's about Russian women. It's about eight years ago uh, of, of Russian women uh, having those mermaid tails. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so uh, or maybe even ten years. I don't know, but eight eight years ago. Um, uh, there were these Russian women, they came to T Phuket uh, and uh, they had like those little mermaid, like proper mermaid fins and they would swim down to the tanks and, you know, play with kids and stuff. And that mm. was like something that was quite bizarre at that time. Mm. And uh, the Phuket Gazette before, before Tiger actually did a video on it. And that just, I guess, blew people's minds because it just went outside of Thailand, just went 8, 9, 10, 11. And we've never never been able to have another viral hit like that so maybe it's like any type of um uh intensely powerful narcotic right yeah. that people are often trying to chase that initial high and they spend their entire lives yeah. dissatisfied with the fact they can't get that initial high mm -hmm. i think that happens with content creators when they get that high of seeing that social validation yeah that ego stroke of, of that content that you made you really struggle with it I, i'm in fact, worse than that, I got a bunch of people following me from all over the world who, now this is, this is, this is again, this is, I, I got to really be very, very careful here with not making it sound like I'm having a go at anyone. The problem is, so my Instagram now has like 30,000 followers. Okay. But the problem is when you put out content, the algorithms will expose that content to a, 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 a percentage of your followers. Right, so it'll, it won't pop up in everyone's news feed. It'll just a, a few of them. Now, it, it's not completely random. It is people who typically follow your stuff, or, but it's a certain percent. So the more followers you have that are completely outside of your target demographic, the more that dilutes your reach. So let's just say I want to reach foreigners who are in Thailand, right, which my Instagram is probably what I'm going for, right? Foreigners who live in Thailand or have been Thailand and thinking about th Thailand and foreigners. Right? Yeah. Let's just go with that, right? Yeah. But then I've got someone from Portugal who's learning English. Well, now that might expose that person to content about the tiger. Yeah. That is completely, and I was like, oh, I don't want them. Can they all unfollow me again? Because, <laughs> it, so this is where, like, I think I go against the grain on this one here because a lot of people are like, yes, I've got new followers. It's like, I don't want those new followers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because it dilutes, it means that the people who I want the content to reach are less likely to see it. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm, all, I'm, I'm just, I'm very, very aware of the fact that you shouldn't get addicted to these numbers, the, 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 the nasty uh, side of, of the addiction of these, the anxiety, the depression that follows, as well as, you know, just putting out meaningful content and make sure it gets to the right people. And I think that that's something I'm always trying to do. And I'm, I'm putting that as number one. If, 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 if it doesn't grow, I'm okay with that. Especially this new channel, because there's no real objective to it. It's just fun. All right. Please follow it, though. Which, yes. camera? Which camera should do that to you? Please follow this is, it. This is your camera. There Please follow it. That'd be really appreciated. And if you if you don't like my content, that's cool. Just unfollow it. And <laughs> we'll still have a have a drink when I see you out. <laughs> but yeah, that's the, yeah. So there's no objective to the, the, okay. the channel. It's just kind of fun. All right. The last uh, question that I pretty much have is regarding um, fully embracing Thailand. So, you know, you came here, you loved the country, you found success and you've lived here long enough, you're married to a very lovely Thai lady. Is that okay to say? 
Uh, why wouldn't it be? I don't know. <laughs> If you'd said like a pig ugly, you're a marketable bitch, person. I would have been like, that's a bit rough. But uh, if you say a lovely, type, a beautiful, you know, that, that, yeah, of course. Because you know, you got that whole like, uh, but I guess after you're married, it's different. But like high celebrities and stuff that are quite private and don't really expose their personal life. I, I think a lot of people they want to sort of portray an image of being single, single to, to yeah, have the fan yeah. club and stuff. But yeah, I, I, I mean. Yeah, that's like uh, holding out of the level of Thai mm. media. Not going to get into that. So, but you're now um, in the process, near the final stages of changing your nationality. Yes. To becoming a Thai person. Yes, it's it's all passed. I'm yeah. waiting to get in. Because I, I know you've done uh, you've done another interview with Thaiish Times before. Um, yeah, that, it, the, the title on that video, by the way, love to my man who who did it. But the yeah. title was that I suggest that I'd already received it. Yeah. Right. But even but with, when you watch it, you realize, by the way, can I just say this? And I, I want to say this on there, but to my camera, there were some comments there. This is, this is hilarious. The people thought I was on the spectrum. Okay. And I've worked out why. So first of all, I do have ADHD, which is, which I, I manage as well as I can. But what I think it was, was my camera was here. Okay. But my screen, my monitor was here. Okay. So I was looking at him okay. on the screen and then to the camera. To, so I, but it looked, because most people, their monitor's here and the camera's there. So it looked like I was just disinterested and just like wandering off into my own world. So some people are like, yeah, is he yeah, on the yeah. spectrum? I was like, no. I was like, oh, crap. I just realized that. So I, I realized that because I think you were like on your gaming chair. Like you had a setup because it was a Zoom. You yeah, it was online, a Zoom right? one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I, I thought you were just like, you know, kind of, yeah. I didn't think much of it, but you looked guy? a bit busy, like, yeah, looking like, yeah. Yeah, like disinterested. <laughs> I, I was actually so interested that I was looking at him because, yeah. you know, looking at a camera, there's yeah. nothing going but on in I camera. figured it out that, yeah, his camera is probably yeah, not. Yeah, you do podcasts, yeah. you, you, you get that. When yeah. people don't do podcasts, they can easily just be like, this guy's on the spectrum. Yeah. And I was like, I, was like, I just, I, I yeah. found it hilarious. I found it hilarious, but so yes. Th that's why that was one of the reasons uh, I, I kind of dummy proofed it or I just made it in a way that, uh, whoever comes from the start, I made the decision that you don't have to look in the camera unless you want to specifically make Speak a point. To the audience, yeah. So then it's it's much easier to just look at each other, mm. and then they can the editor can switch whenever. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it just gets confusing to especially when they're not used to it because you meet people from different backgrounds, uh, you know, different fields, experts, entrepreneurs. They don't then they might not know how to yeah, film yeah. properly. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but I, yeah, I I got it when I saw it. But okay, thanks. <laughs> But yeah, um, so you you spoke to him, uh, like I think a, a bit more in detail about changing nationalities and this and that. But I learned something new just now that you uh, told me because I'm also pretty much at the same uh, stage as you. So, um, but but you haven't gone to Maha, uh, Ministry of Interior yet, right? No, 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 not yet. So that's that's that, that's that's quite a long process as far as yes. like it doesn't take a long time, but just getting the booking takes a while. Yeah. So so for me, I, that's gonna I don't I don't know. I'm just you gotta get yourself a Thai sounding name first, which is what I told you, which is what you're <laughs> yeah. gonna come on to, right? Yeah. So um, how about I, how about this? Because the viewers may probably didn't see that, so I'll quickly go over the process. Okay. Yeah. And sort of, uh, so they'll know kind of where you are, okay. and they'll know where I am. And I'll right. also talk about the Thai sounding name, which is again, it's Thai sounding name, yeah. right? Okay. So a lot of people do ask about getting your Thai citizenship. So uh, you know, step one is you go into Santiban, which is the Na office of naturalization over at the general police station, right? Yeah. Go in there and you tell them your status. So for me, it's like I'm a married English guy with a work permit, and I've been here for this long. They'll get you a piece of paper of documents you got to collect. You run around collecting those documents, and there are some of them that are actually quite hard to get hold of. Yeah. 
uh, and that'll include sort of your taxes, uh, donations, and things like that that you've made uh, that have not been made just now, just to yeah, get yeah, it, you yeah. know, you, you know. And then you, it's it's like a points collecting thing, right? So you're kind of collecting points. You get an interview with them, which will be, and then you have to have like two Thai sort of um, referees yeah, of character. Yeah, yeah, you know, they'll, they'll say that you're yeah. this guy's a good guy and, and yeah. whatnot. Which I actually got two of my friends. I decided to not go and go and get yeah. like. I went uh, with my old, friend and my dad. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not gonna go and get like a like a monk who doesn't actually know me. Yeah. I was gonna get my guy and gets drunk with me. You know, he this guy knows yeah, yeah, this yeah. guy knows what I get up yeah. to. So um, that was and a bit I, more. I liked your point in the interview interview where you said like some people like to flex. Yeah. That, look at the people I know. Yeah, of, I was like, yeah. this is my bro. <laughs> you know, like so. <laughs> I don't know. So we did that, and then you have an interview with. It's the I can't remember the exact uh, what is what the department's called, but it's basically the. MI5, like yeah, the CIA, yeah, like the, 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 CIA, the oh, secretive one, yeah, something like that. Whatever, you have yeah. a, a chat with them. You have to go to the, you have to do, get a police background check, which is really funny because you get a police background check mm -hmm. of the kid, uh, the district you're in. Yeah, but you could have just moved there, and then yeah. it's it, they, anyway, the, yeah. whatever. So I, I did it uh, actually in in front through Phuket, but the police station I had to go to, it was only about. It was like somewhere so far away from where I kind of live, but I was like, oh, okay, I, yeah. I guess. Uh, so I went there, but yeah, and then they ask you questions like, you know, um, have you ever even made a post online? And then you kind of have to like tell them, no, no, no. Have you ever commented or even shared a post about, you know? Oh, I didn't get the, I, my, I didn't get a grilling at all. Like, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. He was like, he was like, because we will find out. So I need you to. Uh, like kind of like you know there was a camera on. It's like I need you to confess or at least oh, wow. um, say that. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Experiences <laughs> may differ. Yeah. So yeah, I did. That's that's yeah. pretty intense. So, so, so they asked me like, have you ever made a a comment or shared a post or uh, you know said anything against the royal family or the government? Have you ever participated in a protest? And and I was like, I'm just a dude who does media. I mean, as a dude who does media, that is a yeah. question. That's probably why they grilled you on that. Yeah, yeah. Like, this guy's done yeah. media. He so, may have done it in yeah. a negative way. So, the, right? so I was like, but I was like, I'm very corporate. And I was like, I do. So I sh shared with them the stuff I do. And they were like, okay, cool. Cause we will do a deep background search and we will find out if you have. So it's nice to declare it now. And I was like, I am the most harmless person here who was probably applying. So I have no worries about that. Oh, so, wow. And then I finished that. Yeah. Okay, so and then you, so you have to go to the district office and register or reserve, sorry, mm -hmm. a Thai-sounding name. Did they come to your house as well, right? No, because it was during the times when people uh, we, we're avoiding okay. words here, right? Um, so they came to my house and they they're supposed yeah, yeah, yeah. to, yeah, they're supposed they, to. They sat me down with my parents to and to look at photos to make yes. sure you actually live there yes. and whatnot. Yes. Yeah, they didn't because mine was two thousand beginning of two thousand twenty-one, something like mm -hmm. that, when that was supposed to happen. Yeah. And as a result, they were like, well, due to, you know, restrictions of meeting people face to face, uh, they it was just like a photo of me in front of my house. And then oh. like, I think I took them on a, on a virtual tour of my house or something. <laughs> so, yeah, we had that one there. And then you go, but you, the, the office, you've got to re reserve a Thai sounding name. And it's important to say that it's a Thai sounding name. I think that's quite an important thing to say because that throws people off. My friend Tony went through it, and he said he was in that office for like eight hours. Because you, you can't just pick. Like Thai is quite strange. Like with this, with the last names, the surnames, you can't just pick whatever you want, right? Because someone might just be like, "Well, oh, I have Jira or no, or Yutia, or I'll have like you know," and you'll pick one of the powerful house names. Yeah. Right? You, so they, they, you, it's, it's, it's quite tricky on that one there, and it has to be unique. There's a lot to it. 
Now, he had prepared like a long list of names and they were putting through there and trying different... You know, I just thought if you had prepared all that and it still took you eight hours, you had to go there the next day to spend another two hours. And what, what am I? Why would I bother preparing anything? Mm -hmm. So I went in there with nothing, and I just said to the guy, "I was like, well, can I take my wife's maiden name?" He said, "You can't because she took your surname so, when you got married. Yeah. Had she have not taken it, you could have taken it." Okay. So I was like, "Ah," and he goes, "But this guy was so cool. He's like, but you could add Gun at the end of it." So her maiden name was uh, Neil Munkon. Neil Munkon. So it was Neil Munkon Gun. I was like. <laughs> wow okay. and he's like what about your first name I was like what do I look like and he's like what I was like give me a name and he goes looks at me he goes what's your name Mark he goes Marwin I was like done Marwin so he types okay. in Marwin says Marwin near Munkongun wow so you got yeah so you register that now that's a proper Thai name yeah well that's just yeah, it's, yeah. it's Thai sounding and, yeah. and, and um, so I got that and then after that you have uh, the there's, a, there's an interview with the Ministry of Interior which is in front of a panel. And this is where I think a lot of people don't know the regulation on singing the royal anthem or the Thai national anthem. Right? Oh, so I have done that. The in front of the panel of yes. people over yeah. it. There were like 14 people. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So yeah, yeah you, in like a U-shaped Bond villain kind of room. And everyone's wearing a mask. So when they're asking me questions, I, was like, <laughs> I didn't know who it was. Because yeah. when I was, it, there were loads of them. There were, there were more, there were like, there were like three or four rows yeah. and the tables were quite long. Yeah. And then they were all like cordoned off with with glass, mm -hmm. and they had masks. Yeah. And then about twenty people phoned in yeah. on the on the Zoom. So I had I, maybe about fifty. There's a lot of them. Oh wow. yeah, I had I had fourteen, and then there were some sitting on these sides. There's like a screen behind me with like a picture and some credentials or whatever. I didn't have any of that because oh, they, wow. they had the screen had all the Zoom callings. So I didn't mind in Phuket. So so now they travel to Phuket it takes a while they send you a letter mm. and they said okay you have on this date we need you to come to this uh, government office and it was quite very official mm. very well done and everyone who's applying from Phuket at that at that uh, point has to come on that day mm. and uh, yeah they allow you to take a person inside I, well, mine I just was, went with I, my I sister wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't allowed to I was told to bring my wife okay and that's what most people. So actually, because you, you, you're not there. married either, right? Yeah. Because so, no, the yeah. thing is, you your father got his nationality, right? Yes, two years ago. Yeah. So so that's that that's that Thai connection. Uh, connection. Whereas yeah. mine was my Thai wife. Yeah. So then we I've got to bring her in because at every stage I've got to prove that my marriage is real. Now if I was getting married for fake to get my Thai citizenship, getting married for nine years, I've really put in the effort on that. <laughs> I would think I would have yeah. deserved it by this time anyway. But they had us together there, so that's why I wasn't. It wasn't like you're. It's like. You and your wife, but then they have two boxes to tick, right? Uh, you would have you would have seen that because it would have been the same format, even yeah. though you're doing a Phuket. And the first one is reason for naturalizing as a Thai citizen. The second one is checking your capacity to understand the Thai language. Yeah. In brackets, Sangtha and Praparami or wrong playing, so to sing the the king's anthem yeah. or the Thai national anthem. Whereas mm -hmm. they didn't tick that for me because yeah. along this, I think that there are two types of people who don't get that ticked. One is people who have paid. <laughs> Let's be honest. I think mm -hmm. that, that that that's a thing. Yeah. The second thing is when your Thai is good enough, they're like, we don't need to check your capacity to understand Thai. Mm. So then you, they don't take that one there. Mm. And I went in and, um, yeah, they, they got into the wearing masks behind glass shield. I don't yeah. know who answered. So I'm kind of like giving this answer, kind of just sweep gazing across everyone, just so I <laughs> would hope I'd get the guy who asked me the question. And then, um, yeah, then that that's that's effectively, once you've done that, you're done. Yeah. Effectively, you're done. It's, it's now just it's just a waiting game after that. Mm. Yeah, and then once and then they'll give you the the paperwork. 
And yeah. so if you've got a, if you went through an agent, they would have registered the Thai name for you because th that, that has to be done. It's Thai law to do that. Okay. But then when you get the paperwork to go and get, everyone just changes it back. And again, you can change it. You can change it back to your first, to the, to the name you had on your application documents, mm -hmm. right? You can't change it back to, I couldn't be like, I'll be Michael Jackson. Okay, yeah. Right, so you can't do that. Be, I can go back and be Mark Abbott again. Mm. So I will do that, yeah. Okay. Because, it's, you know, it's my name. Mark Abbott's a brand, baby. It's 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 a, it's a really normal sounding name. It's that a is, big that deal. It's, it's a normal sounding name that is easy to pronounce. Like, I kind of like that, the fact that it's yeah. just like, no one says, oh, how do I say this? It's a very normal, very... <laughs> Bland name that's easy to uh, easy to pronounce, but uh, unlike Mawinin Monkunkun, which is a little bit yeah, of a mouthful. Yeah, it is a little yeah. bit. I was thinking of going with Tasanai Puadon. Mm, any reason for that? No, it just it was the most Thai name sounding name that I could think of. There you go. When I was younger, nobody ever thought I was anything other than Thai. You know, mm. I was I was actually I'm not I wasn't as big as well. I think I was a lot. I was I was a skinny kid. I did a lot of sports. I was always lean. And, uh, you know, I grew up in Phuket, so my skin was mostly tan. I could, uh, I just fit in. Mm. And somewhere after 25, I was branded a foreigner. So, and I, and I, I only realized it when I started going to 7-Eleven. So I'd go to 7-Eleven. And even when I was like, uh, you know, when I'm not thinking about it, uh, I'd just give my item and then they'd be like, 64 baht, sir. And I'd be like, you think I'm a foreigner? <laughs> that's, that's when the realization hit that maybe it's the beard. Maybe it's my height. What, what is it? What is it about me that made you think that I'm not Thai? And then since then, I can't get away with it. Now, most people think I'm a foreigner. That's really, really interesting that that, and that, it upset that me. happened. It, it upset well, me I for a moment. Did, you've been here so long. Yeah. Wait, how old were you when you came here? 10. Yeah, you've been here since since you were ten years yeah. old, and all of a sudden you're just like, "31 now, yeah." You're out of here. You're not in. You're not part of the, that. That must be that must be a little bit rough to, yeah. to deal with. But yeah, but then again, you say that like I I will. We can all talk about the documentation, but I will never. And I'm I, I'm I'm aware of this. I'll never be seen as a Thai. I know mm -hmm. that. You know, we 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 can sit here and scream all sorts of offensive ways of the way people deal with people of different races. I'll never be seen as a Thai, regardless mm -hmm. of what my passport citizenship status whatever regards to what that says yeah when i go into national park and i show them my thai id card i'll still be told that's fake because one of my friends has that oh, he's really? half thai wow and they're like that's fake you're paying the, the foreigner price really yeah he just pays it but i mean he paid but then i said to him i was like you're driving in there in your mercedes-benz s class they just see an atm coming towards them you know they just said that, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of course but he yeah that, that happens to him he doesn't put up a fight um, he's, he's half Thai and he was born with Thai nationality and, and, and so I'm aware of the fact that you know in regards to whether I get it it'll make things a lot easier for me when I have to uh, I can have directorship in the company the, the companies that I set up with without having to and then I can employ myself through those companies mm. without having to get the Thai to foreigner ratios going on yeah 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 I can do it. There's a lot more that I can do, especially yeah. with travel within the region, things like that. Business, property, real estate. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot that I can do. Uh, so that's that's the reason for me for doing it. But also, I mean, I've been here for 17, 18 years. I speak the language fluently. Give me mm. citizenship. Yeah, that, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is my home. Yes. This is my home, and I think yeah. that that's that's something that I that <laughs> when I when I because when I went into the Ministry of Interior, they asked me the one question that I didn't think you know. So you're going to go in there, right? And, you, and you're like, they're going to ask me, and you're like, well, I'm going to say this question. Yeah. The one question I didn't anticipate and it stumped me was you've been here 17 years why why only apply now 
what do I say that? So I just, I just said, I'll be, on, I'll be honest with you. I was told it's impossible. I was. I was told you can't, nah, you can't do it. You can try it. You're fair. And I thought to myself, I've been to better, but in my life, I've been told other things in this country are impossible. It turns out that people were incompetent at getting things done and they branded the activity as, or whatever it was, as, as impossible rather than realizing that it was just down to their inability to get things done. So I came into the office and I just started the process to my, for myself to find out is it impossible? And they were like, oh, that's an interesting take. I was yeah. like, yeah, I didn't. <laughs> and I was like, that was just like last year that mm. I thought that. And they were like, okay, that's an interesting one because I, I, was, I was convinced it wasn't possible. And then they, when they said, why do you want to become a Thai citizenship? And I think a lot of people, it's, you know, obviously when you're in that interview, you're not going to say to buy land. Yeah. Right. So they're never expecting that answer. But I think, but for me, it's just like, that, that never was the question anyway. Because I, I, my, my wife owns the land. That's yeah. fine. It's a post-marital asset. It's 50-50 anyway. Mm. But for me, it's like, I, I live here. They, they, I said to them, I live here. Yeah. When, I, when someone tells me it's 145 pounds, mm. I put that into baht. When someone says that's, that's $4,000, I put it into baht. Yeah, true. When I go to England and someone puts their feet on the table, I'm like, oh, that's, a, I, I was like, I, I, this is my home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when I go to England, I don't know where to buy stuff. Yeah. I got to know what time things are opening to. I get lost. Completely relatable. Yeah. They asked me the same thing and I was like, I don't know anything other than Thailand. Like I was like, I know every street of my hometown, yet if I went to India tomorrow, I would be a tourist. Yeah. I would not. I could, I'd be able to communicate. I might blend in. But, uh, yeah, I know nothing other than Thailand. Yeah, exactly. This is my home. And well, more so for you than me as well, because, I mean, you, you, as a percent of your life, I mean, you've... Yeah, you've schooling, been I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus schooling, yeah. But um, I think for somebody... You're as Thai as me, man. Yeah, I, we I, might not I, look. I, well, no, we we might do now because now they're now they're speaking English to you at the same level. I think we we might be eleven <laughs> yeah, eleven yeah. now because ten years ago I think yeah, uh, yeah, we, yeah but uh, I mean, me and Mark Abbott are the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it, 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 that's the I think that's but yeah, anyway, look, I, I think that when I get the citizenship, yeah. I, I've got I, I do believe I I do honestly believe I deserve it. I think that I've been here long enough. I've embraced it enough, and I love it here. I love the Thai people. I love the country. I love the culture. I love everything about this country. Yeah. Uh, does it have problems? Yes. You know, as does everywhere. Um, you know, but does that mean I'm going to be vocal about them in a negative way? No. It means that you, you can be constructive with suggestions rather than negative. I, I love everything about this country, and I think that that's why I should have my citizenship. But again, I'm still very realistic about the way I'll be um, perceived Mm. When I when I get my citizenship, uh, you know, if I tell people, someone says, where are you from? I'm like, I'm Thai. They'll be like, where are you really from? Which is an interesting turn of the tables. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, you can find Mark on Mark Abbott's channel on YouTube. You can find him on his fitness channel. You can find him as the voice of Lumpini. You can find him as the voice of BKFC. Or if you see him on the streets, especially if you're a foreigner, go say hi. Give me a high five. Yeah, give him a high five. <laughs> he deserves it. Um, uh, yeah, thanks, Mark. Thanks for coming in, having thanks this uh, enjoyable, nice chat. And uh, yeah, hope to see more of you soon. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been fun. All right, mate. Thanks.